Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. From KQED Public Radio in San Francisco, I'm Michael Krasny. California Governor Gavin Newsom declared a state of emergency yesterday as fires rage across Napa, Sonoma, and Shasta counties. The glass fire in wine country has burned more than 42,000 acres and as of Monday night is at 0% containment. At least 113 structures have been destroyed. The fire, which exploded in size Sunday night, has forced 70,000 people under evacuation orders, including the entire city of Calistoga. We'll get the latest on the wildfires and evacuation orders, and that's next, after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. Thousands of North Bay residents awoke to flames on Monday as dry conditions and high winds caused multiple fires to explode in size overnight. The Glass Fire, after merging with the Boysen Fire in St. Helena and Shady Fire near Santa Rosa, has now scorched over 36,000 acres of Napa and Sonoma wine country, and at least 70,000 people are under mandatory orders to evacuate as of this morning, and homes, wineries, and businesses are under continued threat. We'll get an update on the wildfires and evacuations, and we want to hear from you. If you live in the affected regions or you've been evacuated, please share your experiences. You can give us a call right now at 866-733-6786. Again, the number to call, 866-733-6786, or get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email anything you may want to tell us or any questions you may have through the course of this hour to forum at kqed.org. We're going to get first the latest on the North Bay wildfires with Sarah Sturch, and she's a freelance journalist covering the North Bay fires. And welcome, Sarah. Good to have you. Good morning. Good morning to you. And uh, let me just say, first of all, how catastrophic and devastating this is. Uh, it's, it's very hard to get your head around. And I know you've been right in the thick of it and really helping people and hats off to you on that. But there have been really so much that's been endured in this. Uh, it's, uh, it's just tragic. There's nothing more you can say. But let's find out just the facts from you first. Uh, if you can update us, uh, I would appreciate it very much on acreage and on containment. Where are we? 
Sure. So uh, as of literally about 20 minutes ago, Cal Fire uh, reported that we're at 42,560 acres, and that comprises both the Sonoma and Napa County sides. Um, fire folks are, you know, we're estimating that that's probably about 60% maybe on Sonoma, 40% Napa side uh, when it comes to splitting up the acreages. Um, hoping we can maybe get a little more intel on that. Uh, we are at 0% containment still. Uh, we have about a little over 10,000 structures are threatened. And as of a little bit ago, Cal Fire reported that 95 have been destroyed, and that includes so far 80 residential structures and 33 have been damaged. I do know that number is definitely going to be increasing. Uh, and the cause remains unknown as to what started the fire, which which started up uh, in near the Deer, the Deer Park community in Napa Valley. Yeah, it's devastating, and it's also very troubling that we don't know the cause of the fire yet, although uh, the Shady Fire up in East Santa Rosa is believed to uh, have started really from blowing embers, uh, or, uh, I mean, in fact, uh, falling embers uh, account for about 90% of those fires that are ignited, but uh, the glass fire still remains, unfortunately, a mystery, and we don't know how it started. Can you talk, Sarah, though, about where we are on evacuation and give us a picture? Yeah, currently all evacuation orders remain in place. And as you noted earlier, the city of Calistoga was put under evacuation order yesterday because there has been growth in that, that northern area uh, just uh, to the northeast of the city. And uh, they have been working up there pretty actively to ensure that the fire does not come down the mountains up there into the city. Uh, parts of far northern Sonoma Valley, uh, including parts of northern Kenwood and Bennett Valley are under evacuation orders or warnings. And then also north and northeast Santa Rosa, that's on the Sonoma side. Sorry to have jumped, jumped counties in the middle of that. And um, also, again, in Napa areas in and around St. Helena and, of course, Angwin and Deer Park. Uh, Deer Park is still under evacuation, and that, is, that has been a pretty active area. I know they're doing their best so people can start to return home in these areas. But it's take a little bit of time to clean up. Well, at this point, uh, it's sort of sobering to think that October is supposed to be when the fire season begins. Uh, but here we are, and one has to say something about the heroic efforts of these firefighters. They must be so tired at this point. Have you talked to any of the personnel on the lines? You know, people are exhausted, and they have been having to... They're not often allowing firefighters to take time off because of this. Basically, they cancel vacation, so to say, um, for, for a lot of folks. And, uh, and it's, it's working double shifts. People get exhausted. And sometimes they have to remind their team members to get off the job and take a break because this is heroic, obsessive work. And you want to make sure that you can get this situation rectified as quickly as possible in this fire contained so we can move on to fire suppression and, and mop up and so forth. And it's, it's exhausting people. And, and it's also just taking a mental toll. I mean, this is like being in a war zone. And when we've been going through this since August, and many of these firefighters have also lost their homes and have been through these experiences in the past. I'm a fire survivor here in Sonoma, and it's been traumatizing to have to see my friends go through this again and and I, it's just been really tough for people, especially the mental, mental challenges around it. it Incredibly really tough PTSD. mentally. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm just thinking about people who've been through this before and are going through it again. It's just, uh, 
uh, as I said, it's so difficult to even conceive and, and so difficult, uh, and yet the empathy is there because uh, the, we understand what these people are going through and it's terrible. Um, and at this point, can you give it, we're talking, by the way, to Sarah Sturge, who is um, a journalist covering the North Bay Fires, freelance journalist. Can you give us a picture at this point of what the air is like there? It's pretty bad. I'm, I'm in the city of Sonoma right this minute where I live, and my house smells like smoke. I have my air purifier on full blast, and I went outside to get my mail, and I, I don't smoke, but I feel like I smoked a pack of cigarettes when I came back in. So uh, you can only imagine what it's like, and I'll be finding out a little later today, you know, in Santa Rosa and in Napa County and uh, in the fire zone. And one side note, you were mentioning the embers earlier. There were, I've seen photographs and received confirmation from Cal Fire teams about embers the size of frisbees. Frisbees. Yeah. That have, you know, that have the, right now they have the ability to spot about half a mile, depending on what the wind's like and the location. But these embers were were able to go a mile with the red flag wind. And they were the size of frisbees and pancakes, Michael. It, It was shocking to see. And destroy homes, and in fact, uh, not only homes destroyed and structures, but also some very famous places like Meadowwoods Restaurant and so forth. Uh, what yeah, about the wineries? Meadowood what do we? Uh, I'm sorry. I was just going to ask you about uh, those kind of uh, dis- the destruction of those kind of famous places, but also about the wineries. What do we know? Yeah. Well. Well, I do know that we we have have a lot of properties that are okay. You know, I've I've been able to confirm about Duckhorn and Fremark Abbey and a lot of iconic places. Um, are okay, and have a lot of smaller wineries like Vallejo Wines are okay. Um, we have seen some smaller air uh, bed and breakfast um, that have been lost. We have seen uh, the Castillo de Amorosa, which I know has been getting a lot of media attention, did lose a major outbuilding, which held their their wine, basically their, their inventory, um, probably 30,000 bottles or cases, you know. Pardon me, cases, not bottles. And uh, they, they did suffer some damage and some structure damage to the famous castle there. Um, we're waiting for some confirmation about other properties. You know, it's, it's really easy for people to start to spread rumors uh, when they see photographs online and so forth. So I kind of tread a little lightly until I can confirm it with, with my, my, my colleagues and friends in the wine industry. But this is going to have a significant impact on, I mean, as if we haven't suffered enough in wine country up here. Uh, with with hospitality uh, industry regarding COVID-19 and fires, but this is going to have major impact. I mean, we, we the famous Calistoga Ranch, which is like world-famous celebrity getaway spot, has suffered so much damage. It's in, in, unable to reopen, you know, it's, 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 it's catastrophic, yeah. and particularly when, as you have used someone, you tie it in with COVID-19. And Sarah, stay with us if you can for a bit. I want to introduce Bill Dodd, California State Senator, District 3, which includes Napa County and parts of Sonoma County. He's also co-chair of the Legislative Conference Committee on Wildfire Preparedness and Response, and he's with us for the hour. Senator Dodd, good to have you back with us on Forum. Welcome. Michael, thank you very much. It's great to be with you. I also want to let you know that Gabe Moline is joining us, senior editor of KQED Arts, and he's been covering evacuations. He is born and raised in Santa Rosa. And Gabe, good to have you. Good morning. Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me. Yeah, let me go to Senator Dodd, because I know, Bill Dodd, that you were in the field all day on the fire line in the Calistoga area. What, what were you seeing on the ground? Can you give us a picture? 
I, I really did. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I saw much of what Susan uh, was talking to you about. Uh, just you know, to go up to the Calistoga Ranch. It's beautiful. You know, just unbelievable. You know, place and it just looked like a moonscape. There was nothing living. Everything was just uh, obliterated. Uh, later or earlier than that, we had been by Meadowood, and by 12 noon. Uh, about probably more than half of their individual units, cabins, so to speak, where people stay. I know that President Bush uh, stayed there, uh, you know, in the early 2000s, uh, were burned, were just decimated. Their tennis shop and pool shop were decimated. But they had saved the historic restaurant and clubhouse and everything. And we thought when we left there, I was with the sheriff, John Robertson, uh, and Supervisor Pedroza, we thought for sure they had everything handled. Uh, there certainly were spot fires that were appearing. And then I got the photo, I think, I don't know, about 2.30 of it fully engulfed. I mean, it's just absolutely heartbreaking, um, you know, particularly when you when you thought, boy, you know, uh, th that that's not going to go. Uh, and, um, you know, of course, many, many families, uh, you know, as we were going up and down different streets, stopping by as people were, you know, getting ready to leave and just their emotions in terms of, you know, having to uh, deal with this was, uh, you know, pretty troubling. It's just, it's really tough to see. And, uh, you know, unless you've gone through it yourself and, you know, I have in the 2017 fire, thank goodness now, uh, I, you know, it's not impacting me personally, but boy, it's, it's, it's just tough for so many people. And then also, uh, you know, all these people that are evacuated. Uh, I think she said up to 70,000 evacuated now. I mean, that's a big number. It's a huge number. And the trauma that you're talking about in this wake of this catastrophe, there's no other word for it, uh, is just searing. We're going to talk some more with Senator Dodd, and we're also going to talk uh, more with you, our listener, Sarah Sturch with us, Gabe Moline, and we invite you to be part of the program if you have something to tell us about what you've been through, we'd like to hear from you. If you have questions, certainly we'd like to hear from you as well. And please feel free to join us now at our toll-free number. The number to call is 866-733-6786. Again, you can be part of this program now by calling us at 866-733-6786 or get in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook or at KQED Forum or email. Any questions or concerns you might have or anything you want to let us know about to forum at kqed.org. You're listening to Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. This is Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. We're getting the latest on the North Bay wildfires with Sarah Sturch, a freelance journalist who covers the North Bay fires, and California State Senator Bill Dodd. Gabe Moline is also with us, our senior editor at KQED Arts, and uh, we'll be talking with you, our listeners, uh, as well as talking with Gabriela Arantes later on in this hour, uh, who has been with the North Bay Organizing Project and let me uh, go back to you, Senator Dodd, and just get a picture from you, if I can, about where we are on resources. Uh, I mean, at this point, we're going to need more and more resources. And at first, uh, the resources weren't necessarily where they should have been. Where are we now? Well, you know, uh, originally, uh, you know, particularly in the fires at the beginning of this month, we were nowhere near uh, the amount of resources uh, that, uh, that we needed to have uh, for an event like uh, we had. Um, 
And it was mainly because, you know, with the 10,000 lightning strikes, it was 700 fires in the state and probably 25 of those very, very large fires. But on this fire, it's, uh, you know, it's a lot better and it was a lot better earlier. We've had right now assigned resources, 200 engines, 22 water tenders, seven helicopters, hand crews uh, are 26, uh, dozers 57. The total personnel at this point in time is 1,474. And we do have the air tankers that uh, that we have that uh, they're flying throughout the state uh, doing fire suppression missions at all the different fires and they're being controlled, I believe out of Sacramento uh, to deter, you know, based on reports that they're getting from, you know, the field control centers throughout, uh, uh, you know, wherever those are throughout the, you know, throughout the state. But things were taxed initially because of those other major fires, weren't they? Oh, I mean, they've yeah, been burning for weeks. A, yeah. Yeah. With, with, without a doubt. And that's always, you know, in, in particularly when there's so many, and as you mentioned on the top, at the top of the show, you know, this is just September. And normally our wildfire season is, you know, October through perhaps even mid-November, first week or 10 days in, in, November, in November. And to have this many fires burning out of control uh, is really quite uh, stark. It's something that uh, has not been planned for. Uh, if you recall that we did just recently buy uh, a number of uh, air tankers and uh, helicopters uh, for these uh, specific missions, and it's clear that uh, uh, while they're, uh, yeah, we, we bought a, a dozen Sikorsky Blackhawk helicopters and seven new C-130 uh, tankers, air tankers. We also invested in last year's budget $2.5 billion in emergency preparedness, response, and recovery, and I can tell you we are taxing all of that. Uh, we're talking with Senator Bill Dodd, and I want to bring a caller on here. Jamie is up in Napa Valley, and she, or he, Jamie, join us. Hi, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, thank you. Hello? Yeah, go ahead, Jamie, please. Oh, hi. No, I you're, you're evacuated, I believe, aren't you, at this point? Yes, I, I live in Calistoga. This is, I think, my fourth evacuation in these oh, past years. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I want to thank you for pulling this group of people together, because when you're waiting... And living in this moment, it's, you know, to have good information and clear information from our senator, you know, really present is helpful. Tell us about what you've gone through at this fourth time. Yeah, well, it, it seems to, you know, it, you, you kind of believe that you're going to be able to be stronger each time. But in fact, I feel like a, it has a, you know, kind of a more excruciating impact Um it is very exhausting, and so, so many people, um, so many friends of mine have lost homes, wineries, businesses, and, you know, as you've all mentioned, it has, it's been hard enough to have this poor valley go through COVID and, and previous fires, so it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty devastating for so many people, and it's hard to know where to start to help others, you know, it's just a, it's a big job. Well, I wish you the best of luck, and I hope that you come through, and uh, all of your loved ones as well. And thank you so much for letting us know what you've been experiencing. I want to also uh, bring on Gabriela Orantes, who is a Just Recovery Fellow at the North Bay Organizing Project. And uh, Gabriela Orantes, thank you for joining us. Welcome. Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me. 
And good morning to you. And I know you've been working a lot with the undocumented and Latino communities. We've got Nixel up and running now in Spanish, but there's some real questions about access to Nixel that I'd like to hear your thoughts on. But let's talk about evacuations, since we just heard from that caller. The concern is with making the evacuation centers not only welcome to immigrants and undocumented immigrants, but the concern is also lack of trust on their part because their fear of deportation and fear of uh, getting into trouble. There's also uh, just a kind of general concern about immigrants as being the other and how they ought to be treated. Tell us about what you're doing and what you would like to see people doing. Sure. Um, so having learned from the 2017 wildfires uh, and knowing um, that a lot of our community, um, there was a sense of distress and also a, a lack of awareness of, of where to go, what was at shelters, um, who would be there. Um, many folks in many communities went um, to other places and one of those was out to the coast. Um, we learned from that and during the 2019 Kincaid fire, um, there was a large amount of organizations and partners who had um, been working together to address those communication gaps, the response gaps um, in the span of the two years between the fires to, um, came, they came together and um, were on the ground immediately in 2019 to provide that support that was um, lacking in 2017. And then um, we've been in contact, we've been building um, partnerships, collaborations, um, and advocating to our county and state partners um, to fill those gaps. And then we are in another round of pandemic and fires. Um, so we organized ourselves again together um, last month and um, have a, a brigade of volunteer uh, uh, volunteer bilingual support um, that we, um, this is how we're organizing to make sure that folks um, know that um, there will be support on the ground. Um, but what we're seeing is that a lot of folks, it's not just the, um, the immigration or the language concern, it's, it's also COVID. Um, there's a lot of folks that are um, concerned for their health, you know, and so making sure that at the same time that we have evacuation clarity around evacuation procedures and the communication around that is accessible. Um, also ensuring that folks know what to do um, if they are evacuating during a pandemic. Now COVID um, so, complicates things greatly. I mean, and, and in so many different ways. Uh, how can people help? Uh, a lot of people listening who would like to help even more specifically this population, what can they do and where do they go? Sure. Um, one of um, the efforts that is on the ground in Sonoma County is um, to assist undocumented families is UndocuFund, um, developed in 2017 and um, a, a model throughout the state and throughout the nation of ways in which um, community is coming together to support those who are left out of formal response structures. Um, and also we've got, um, I'm part of a larger coalition of organizations through the Latino Community Foundation. Um, my Just Recovery Fellow role is housed at the North Bay Organizing Project, and we are part of a partnership of 10 organizations in Napa and Sonoma. Um, and our um, partnership is activated, has always been activated um, to respond to the 2017 fires, um, but these are organizations that are in community 
trusted by community. Um, we span family resource centers to um, KBBF radio station to an arts organization, Raices Collective, um, Corazon Healdsburg, and others that are providing cultural interpretation, uh, translation services um, that are needed, not just in times of disaster, but integral to the response. Um, and so our partnership, um, the Just Recovery Partnership is um, part of LCF's uh, NorCal Wild Relief, Wildfire Relief Fund. Um, and that is another space where individuals who um, are interested in supporting our efforts on the ground um, can reach out to. And I hope they will reach out. And Gabriela Orantes, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate having you with us. Thank That's you. That's Gabriela Orantes of Just Recovery Fellow at the North Bay Organizing Project. And let me bring uh, my colleague on here, Gabe Moline, who's a senior editor at KQED Arts and has been covering evacuations, also born and raised in Santa Rosa. And Gabe, uh, just get a fix from you, first of all, about all these people who are going through this again. I mean, in some instances, uh, it's worse than, two, than 2017 and the toll on people's minds and spirits and morale, just again, devastating, isn't it? Uh, it, it really is, you know, uh, our, our fight or flight systems have been in overdrive for a few years now. Um, people are tired, I mean, it really wears you down. And when you smell the smoke or when you see the orange skies, it does trigger a sort of like PTSD in residents that uh, have been through this before. Um, the flip side of that is that we're really well prepared by now. I mean, between uh, Tubbs and Kincaid and Walbridge, people have a plan, uh, people have go bags packed. Um, our alert system is much more developed. Um, everyone knows what their role is and what to do, um, which has definitely saved uh, a lot of houses and a lot of lives this time around. Well, I know you were kind of roving around last night talking to people, many elderly people. What were you able to discern? Uh, what did you hear? Yeah, I um, I drove around on Sunday night and, you know, so much has already been covered by uh, Sarah and the Senator and Gabriella. Shout out on DocuFund. They're incredible. Um, I would just add that, you know, it's not just wineries and it's not just rich people's houses. We hear about Meadowood and Calistoga Ranch and Skyhawk. Um, the fire also came to Los Gilicos on Sunday night, uh, which is our juvenile hall. Um, that was evacuated. There's also a city-sanctioned homeless encampment right there um, with 60 residents. Um, luckily, uh, thanks to Chris Grable and Jack Tibbetts, that was evacuated by about 10.30 before some of their units burned. Um, also on that same site is the county records building with paper records going back to 1850, births, deaths, marriages, title deeds. So losing that would be like losing our entire county history. But right across the street is Oakmont. And Oakmont is a retirement community, uh, part of the Santa Rosa city limits, 55 and older, although residents are much older than that. Um, 5,000 people were evacuated from Oakmont on Sunday night and uh, told to go to the Veterans Memorial Building in Santa Rosa. Um, I had the opportunity to speak with a lot of them on Sunday night, Monday morning. It was 2.30 in the morning. And when I arrived, there were about 200 elderly people, senior citizens, waiting outside on the sidewalk in wheelchairs with their walkers on folding chairs. They'd been there for hours, and uh, they were not allowed inside the Veterans Memorial Building where they were all told to go to, or in some cases, bust to. Gabe Mullane again with us, uh, born and raised in Santa Rosa, senior editor with KQED Arts. And 
Let me bring another caller on. Anton is calling us from Napa. Anton, join us. Welcome. Hey, good morning, or, or, or weird, weird morning, morning, I guess. Um, my, my question is for Senator Dodd, and it sort of um, uh, follows Gabe's comments about the, the waiting uh, pretty well, I think. Um, I've been displaced by the fires up Valley here in the Napa Valley, and I've gone around to the different evacuation centers. Um, and to me, it seems like um, housing or, or emergency temporary shelter might be the most um, impactful and immediate need. Um, but it seems that there's also a pretty substantial wait to get people into uh, um, into uh, units or, or hotel rooms. Um, and I'm wondering, especially with so many, um, you know, thousands of hotel rooms and thousands of displaced people, um, if there is a plan to try to streamline the process or if the senator has... Um, any insight into how to get get housing to people who need it more immediately? Anton, thank you for the question. Senator Dodd? Well, you know, I know that they're giving out vouchers for hotel rooms, and I, I think what you're suggesting is that perhaps there's waiting lines there in terms of getting the numbers of people that need those rooms through those lines. Anton? Call? Yeah. Caller still on? I, I thought yeah, he was. I, are you still there, Anton? Okay. Uh, yeah, I am. Can you hear me? Yeah, the senator just asked you a direct question. Yeah, sorry. I, I think um, maybe I was on mute for a minute. Um, I, I think that the center, the centers, evacuation centers are processing people um, fairly well, uh, but then the wait to actually get into uh, a space seems to take a while. I registered... Um, a little more than 24 hours ago, um, and I still have not heard back. Um, and maybe that, more, that, more. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, that is unacceptable. I 24 hours. I'm, uh, I'm so, really sorry about that. Uh, I'll tell you, my state office is located right in Napa, in the same complex as the county is, is 707-224-1990. Please call there and uh, we will do the work for you and get in touch with the county or get you a number or something because, you know, while I'm not uh, intimately involved in the county processes, I was a county supervisor here for 14 years and know that uh, that's generally not uh, an expectation, particularly when people don't have shelter to make them wait till over 24 hours. We have, frankly, an unfortunate but fortunate uh, circumstance as a result of the pandemic where we have a lot of hotels that uh, have a lot of occupancy. So this should not be uh, a big problem. But, uh, you know, when you have perhaps 10,000 people, that's probably exceeds all the hotel rooms we have in, in the entire uh, uh, in the entire county. But I'm sure that uh, um, there's there's a lot of families that are there, and so it's not just one person to each room. But please call our office. We'd love to help you. And like Senator Dodd, I'm sorry for what you're going through, Anton, and I wish you good luck, and I thank you for the call. And let me go back to Sarah Sturch, who's a freelance journalist who's been with us covering the North Bay Fire. A specific question in a tweet, Sarah, from one of our listeners, wants to know, is the fire heading to Glen Ellen, and how is the Santa Rosa side doing? At this time, Glen Ellen is... Okay, the fire is not moving towards Glen Ellen. 
Uh, if you are under evacuation orders or warnings, if you're under an order, please remain evacuated. If you're under a warning, as always, have your go bag. You never know uh, what could happen. Um, but Glen Ellen right now is okay. Um, so Santa Rosa sidewise, let me take a look here at my notes. There's a lot going on, as you noted earlier, uh, Michael. <laughs> a lot of moving parts here. Um, there was a firing operation last night uh, in Trioni Annadale State Park because the fire had spread into that area, and uh, which is like kind of moved a little down into Santa Rosa. Um, and there was a firing operation there, which really helped reduce fire activity and spread. So that was really a successful operation last night. And there is still fire activity up on Sugarloaf Mountain, which is um, just kind of north east of Oakmont, up in the hills, high up in the hills, uh, Sugarloaf's the state park, and uh, Bald Mountain. And oh, that's also just kind of north, uh, northeast, pardon me, of Kenwood. And uh, Kenwood is okay right now in the city, too. But again, if you're evacuated, please uh, remain evacuated. And uh, but there has been fire activity uh, up on Sugarloaf. And I know that they were working pretty hard last night getting dozer lines in place and, and, uh, and uh, working on protecting a radio tower up there. Uh, which is a pretty significant tower in regards to communications. And that is always a priority, as you can probably imagine, because not only does it impact uh, radio uh, transmissions, uh, but it also impacts the radio transmission of fire crews. So, Our radio uh, transmission is up against a break here. We're, we're literally <laughs> seconds away from a break. But I'm wondering, you have specific advice for people under evacuation orders and what to take with them and what to do with animals they can't take with them? Maybe after the break we'll come back and... Get that yeah. information from you. And again, we're talking about what's uh, presently going on, ongoing fires to the north in Sonoma and Napa, and uh, particularly the North Complex Fire in Butte County as well, in Paradise, uh, uh, and the Zog Fire in Shasta County. Fires are raging. We'll take up more when we return. I'm Michael Krasny. This is Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. We're getting the latest on the North Bay wildfires with Senator Bill Dodd and Gabe Moline of KQED Arts and Sarah Sturge, who's a freelance journalist uh, uh, covering the North Bay wildfires. And before we went to the break, I asked Sarah to perhaps uh, give us a picture of what, well, give us some advice, really, for people who are under evacuation orders, what to take with them and what to do, especially with animals uh, that they can not take with them. Sarah, please. You know, folks who are evacuated right now, or if you are anxious about evacuating in the future, no matter where you live in California, my favorite website on the planet is readyforwildfire.org. Readyforwildfire.org. And if you are evacuated or you think you could be, you should be spending your free time reading every single detail on that website and watching every single video. It is Cal Fire's website to help you prepare to evacuate, how to pack a go bag. Uh, you can also learn about what to do right when you leave. Like, don't put a sprinkler on your roof, because that can mess up the, air, the water pressure with fire crews need to come and fight fire near your house. Uh, turn your lights on so fire crews can see your house uh, in, in smoky conditions or at night. Um, small little details, turning off your gas, et cetera. Uh, they basically have a wonderful checklist. They also have videos that explain uh, uh, how, how for, forest health works and, and suppression and what to also do when you return from a wildfire. 
They also give advice on pets and what to do? They do. They have pets. They have permitting information in, in, in case you want to do controlled burns on your property in the future, for example. And the website is bilingual. It's also in Spanish. Readyforwildfire.org. That's very useful information, Sarah. Thank you for that. Let me go back to Gabe Moline. And uh, Gabe, uh, you say you can address some of the restrictions at evacuation centers. What are we talking about there? Yeah, um, the question came up about just space for people. And uh, the, our KQED reporter, Joe Fitzgerald Rodriguez, was uh, up in Petaluma yesterday um, at the evacuation center at the fairgrounds. Um, there's restrictions on the capacity here because of COVID. Um, they were only able to house 100 evacuees instead of their usual 700. Um, and that is the evacuation center that um, the hundreds of senior citizens waiting outside the Vets Memorial Building in Santa Rosa were told to go to um, at 2.45 in the morning on Sunday night uh, after these uh, elderly people had been waiting outside on the sidewalk, not allowed in the Vets Building. Um, uh, a man made an announcement that everyone was to either drive or take buses to the Petaluma Fairgrounds, which is about 17 or 18 miles away. Um, you know, knowing that they were only housing 100 people at the Petaluma Fairgrounds, there wasn't enough room for all of these senior citizens at the Vets Building to even fit into the evacuation center there. So there, there's, a, there's a problem with capacity because of COVID this time around. Let's in fact hear a cut. This is uh, again from Sunday night outside of the evacuation center in Santa Rosa where hundreds of senior citizens had been bused or driven to. We are no longer housing people here at the Vets building, nor are we gonna house people at the Finley building and the Vets building across the, at, the, at the fairgrounds across the street. What that means is you can go to the Petaluma fairgrounds and unfortunately, pretty much go through all of this again while we get that set up and get beds ready. Boy, pretty frustrating stuff. Gabe, some thoughts from you? Yeah, you know, this, is, uh, this plays out uh, year after year with our elderly population up here. Um, there was an excellent KQED series uh, earlier uh, this year called Older and Overlooked, um, headed up by Molly Peterson and Lisa Pickoff-White, about the particular obstacles that senior citizens face about the way that they are under-resourced and uh, under-provided when it comes to wildfire, you know, starting with the Verena Memory Care Unit that uh, burnt down with no evacuation and no staff whatsoever up in uh, Bill Gallagher's Verena uh, development in 2017, um, and on and on. Um, it's, it's just a population like the immigrant population, like the vineyard worker population, like service worker population that really is just without a lot of protections when fires hit. And again, Gabe Moline is senior editor of KQED Arts and has been covering the evacuations. He's a native of Santa Rosa. I want to read some of the comments that are coming in, emails and tweets. Here's a tweet from William who writes, uh, we've been evacuated from Angwin and Napa twice in nearly a month. We're definitely exhausted, but thankful for the first responders who are fighting to protect our home and community. And here are some comments uh, from listeners that I think are worth thinking about. Uh, Lisa writes, Sonoma County is often referred to as wine country. While there is a robust wine industry, as a 30-year resident of Sonoma County, I feel compelled to say that Sonoma is also home to one of the most biodiverse areas in California. When we reduce this complexity to wine country, it can distance us from the grief of what is being transformed from living beings to ashes and smoke. 
And another listener writes, uh, I've lived in uh, in a beautiful two-acre spread in West Sonoma County, not far from Forestville, since 1988. The climate crisis looms large as I evaluate my plan to stay here through my retirement. Can your guests offer any long-term perspectives about livability in our county? Is it possible that we can catch up and burn out the vulnerable areas so that the seasonal fire activity will subside somewhat? Or is it this just a new normal as far as we can see? And I'm going to go to you, Senator Dodd, on that, if I may. Bill Dodd? You, you would think I would have that down by now. now oh, I'm so. sorry. Uh, yeah. For a minute, yeah, I was so afraid we lost you. Are you... We're in your garage. Yeah, no. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, no, she, she makes a, just an outstanding point. Uh, you know, climate change, I do believe, is at the root of the intensity and the uh, the number of fires that uh, we, we have. And, and, and even the ignition sources, for, for the most part, uh, all are in line there as well. But yes, we do have to now, I think, pivot. We've done suppression to the point where I don't think that more dollars of suppression uh, are really going to, at the end of the day, uh, benefit the state any more than what we've already been able to benefit uh, you know, within reason. I believe that we have to have a master plan in terms of what we're going to do to reduce fuels. Uh, Governor Newsom is working with the, the federal government, the U.S. Uh, Forest Service, on the 57% or so of the land that they owned in the state of California. The state of California is, uh, you know, really responsible almost for the, uh, for the balance of that, uh, because, uh, of private property, they still have, you know, have the permitting and everything else. We, we have to work with firewise councils county by county and put the serious funding into these programs to harden homes, to reduce fuels, to have prescribed burns, to have shaded fuel breaks. And, the, the, you know, like our state park system, they don't even have shaded fuel breaks in their lexicon. This is something I'm going to be talking to the new director about because um, where in the past, you've heard this before, my numbers may not be exact, but when the Native Americans really, you know, up to 10,000 years ago and longer had, you know, 100 to 200 trees per acre. We have now multiples of that uh, that are really uh, choking our forests instead of really providing the really sustainable uh, type of forest that we need, both from a climate standpoint and also from a fire standpoint. And let me commend you, Senator, because, uh, you know, it, some people may have uh, understood what I was alluding to before when I talked about the senator being in his garage. Uh, There's a little bit of levity, but something very serious that was brought about uh, his backing, uh, backing a bill to uh, essentially uh, was the impetus behind a bill with respect to batteries um, because he was locked in his garage during the Tubbs fire. And I mention that only because you have brought forth, and this is where the commendation comes in, and a kudos to you, a lot of legislation, I think 14 pieces of legislation, and some of them will perhaps, and that's apropos of what the uh, listener was raising, will get us back to, well, where we would hope to be, at least to some degree. I want to talk, if I could with you, just briefly about three bills that you just got through, three wildfire safety bills, uh, because it's important to know they were unanimous, they were bipartisan, um, they had support from both parties, uh, set up, for example, vegetation buffer zones and wildfire forecasting center and uh, 
uh, a reviewing of compliance on uh, cleaning vegetation vegetation from utility lines. So, uh, you know, kudos to you on that. Uh, and and these will, I hope, ameliorate to some extent the kind of problems that we're facing. Hope. You know, it, obviously that's that that's the goal. And none of these bills, all by themselves are a silver bullet uh, for the big uh, problems that we face here in the state of California with climate and wildfires. But I would say that all my bills and bills of my colleagues in both the, the Senate and the Assembly all together are like a patchwork quilt of uh, policies that will come together. Say, for example, this uh, new fire threat forecasting center. We know that our utilities, San Diego Gas Electric, PG&E, and Southern California Edison have these big, beautiful uh, you know, weather forecasting centers, and they're, they've got their uh, uh, you know, cameras on them, and they've got weather stations and the whole nine yards. We'll be in this thing, we'll be able to tap into all those, plus our own from the University of California system and uh, you know, it's 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 my hope that uh, when we have these red flag warnings, that we can target based on all the data and the machine learning that uh, will be going on here, to uh, where the greatest threats are. Not only in fuels, but also at the <laughs> same time, we know about those fuels. We also know the weather conditions that are coming, and so where we can pre-position assets, and and really really move forward, but. Uh, you know, it seems to me while these were all really great things like the PG&E, they, they've been allowed to uh, not only determine what trees needed to be trimmed, but CPUC would bless their plans and they would self-certify that their tree trimming was done. I didn't think that was, I thought that was frankly ridiculous. We need a third party, uh, you know, reviewing to make sure to keep pe people honest. And we know that PG&E has a propensity to absolutely have to have somebody, a third party, to make sure they are being honest. So, you got to monitor them. <laughs> I'm sorry to say it so explicitly. You're right. You really have to stay uh, on them. Uh, I mean, we've learned if we've learned nothing else from past tragedies, stay on uh, monitoring PG&E and watching what they're doing uh, with as much resources as you can. But I want to get to a question I think is also of great importance here and import in light of what we're facing here. And let me go back, if I can, to you, Sarah Sturch, with this question from a listener named Amy. Uh, she says, I have two small children who have weathered the fires of the past few years. We have seen our friends lose homes. We have lost our preschool and breathed smoke for what feels like years. My eight-year-old son remarked yesterday that he's tired of feeling sca fire scared. My concern is the long-term mental and physical health of our children. How can we support the children better? Sarah? It is traumatizing. And I mean, yeah, I think we're all we're all tired of being tired, and, and, and you know it says something when the children are saying the same thing as the adults, right? Um, you know, it, depending on where you live, if you're in Sonoma County, I know this is kind of simple, all these websites, but socoemergency.org and countyofnapa.org have resources and contact information regarding local and regional nonprofits that are able to provide some support for uh, children and for families who are being challenged with this, both mentally, physically, et cetera. Um, I, I also know that there is also a warm line in place for Sonoma County, even if mom just needs to call. Let me get that number right now. Uh, it's, it's a free resource where we have um, 
therapist that will talk to you and give you uh, support and advice. And, and even if you just need to vent, um, and they can support folks of all ages. And the Sonoma County warm line is 707-565-2652. And um, that is also, I believe, uh, there's also one from NAMI, which is the uh, uh, wonderful mental health uh, organization. And that is 1-866-960-6264. And I believe you can contact those numbers if you live outside well, the area, too. Good, useful resources. Then, Thank you for those, Sarah. We'll try to get them on our website, too. And I'm going to try to get another caller on here. I'm going to go to Sonoma and welcome Brandy. Brandy, good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm. My name is Brandy. I live in the neighborhood that's right behind Meadowood. This is my, so I'm evacuated in Sonoma. This is my second evacuation. Um, and this is definitely the scariest. I want to thank Sarah for the information she actually got me about my house, that it's still standing. But my question is, um, really, what resources are available for the expenses that, what, if any, resources are available for the expenses that you accrue during evacuation? I'm currently evacuated with five teenagers. I rented an Airbnb while the police were at my house evacuating me, and this is like I said, the second time in the last six weeks. And I'm sorry you've gone through that, Brandy, uh, though you're raising an important question. I think uh, Bill Dodd, she should save receipts, first of all, because there is help on the way there, isn't there? Well, that's uh, certainly uh, that's certainly my hope. Again, um, Brandy, uh, you can call 707-224-1990. Uh, we are, we have, even during the whole pandemic, have our phones system monitored so you'll have one of my staff people pick up the phone save your receipts as michael in, you know was smart saying and then we'll try to get you more information of what's happened in the past to give you you know maybe a better confidence level that something uh, will be happening here and i hope brandy things go okay for you thank you for calling us let me go to another caller from guerneville lisa, uh, lisa joins us lisa good morning welcome Liza from Guerneville. Can you hear me, Michael? Oh, now I can, yeah, but we had a little okay. problem there for a minute. Please, go ahead. Uh, okay, um, I want to talk to people who want to volunteer or make gifts. Um, I've been working with the Community uh, Organizations Active in Disasters for three years now, and the important message is save your generosity, be really patient with us. We can't use your used clothes at this point. We, most people have no closets. They can't use physical donations. If you need to donate physical stuff, please hold on to it, and there will be information as to who can receive it later. It may be months. People um, will need your volunteer uh, help um, for years to come as they recover. Please register with um, cvnl.org which is the volunteer organization that serves both uh, Napa and Sonoma counties. And um, we will need your help, your physical presence, but not right now. During a disaster, we can't organize all of the outpouring of um, help and generosity that's happening. Yeah, thank you for that, Liza. It brings up, I think, an important question. I'd like to go to you again, Senator Dodd, if I may. I mean, Red Cross, uh, obviously high on the list in terms of where to go. Where else would you suggest or recommend people go if they want to help? You mean in terms of donations? Yes. 
Uh, I think the uh, the Napa Valley uh, Community Foundation, there's a Sonoma County Foundation as well. I believe that Senator McGuire and uh, the Press Democrat also have their fund. Um, there's a number of, uh, of different, and you, you can check with each county website. They would have that information. Well, we are going to have to leave it there, but let me thank all our guests. Thanks, Bill Dodd, for joining us. Bill Dodd, again, is California State Senator, District 3. Good to have you with us, Senator. Thank you, Michael. And thank you, Sarah Sturge. Good to have you with us and continue your good work up there. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And Gabe Moline, always good to talk with you. Gabe, thank you for being with us. You too, Michael. Thanks. And thank you, our listeners, and we hope things go better for the folks up in Napa and Sonoma counties and those who are enduring these terrible wildfires. Uh, All I can say in conclusion is uh, take care of yourselves and take care of those you care about and stay safe. I'm Michael Krasny. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country. We need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.